Heavenly Father, I thank You that we sense that You are breaking new ground. Lord, in Your world, Lord, it seems like once again, You are creating new wine. You are making new wine. And God, there's a fresh wind. There is, we sense there's something new. There's something great. There's something powerful. Lord, there's something You're accelerating to see lost people step into Your kingdom. God, we sense it. We see it. We want to say yes to that. Father, I pray that you would use us to be the salt and light, to be the people that carry your message into your broken world. Lord, may we bring the hope. May we bring the love. May we bring the way. Lord, we thank you that we can meet today. I pray, God, that as we engage with some of your words, I pray you'd make it come alive for us. I pray that you'd bring revelation and conviction that is positive, that leads us forward into this new ground. And so, God, we commit the rest of today to you. Thank you for what you've already done as we've met together in the name of Jesus. And I pray your spirit would just be ministering to every person here, every person online, every person at Tumby. We ask, God, that you would minister deeply to us, individually and as a body. Thank you for that in advance, in Jesus' name. Amen. Any amens today? Amen. Good morning. Good morning here. Good morning at Tumby. Great to see you, or I can kind of see you. Well, in faith, I'm seeing you, that you're there. Um, glad that we could be together. Well done for being here today. I love it when we meet like this. God's on purpose every day. And when the church gathers, there's purpose right at the heart of who we are. If this is fairly new for you, we've started a series in February called Let's Go. It's an interesting series because there was lots we spoke about last year, lots we discerned, and breaking into 21, there's this real conviction that's like, let's go. Let's go based on the convictions God has for us. Let's go with the vision that he's given us. Let's go into the harvest. And today I want to explore what does it mean to let's go with a deep trust in Jesus. Is that okay? It's pretty quiet here. That's better. Let's go with a deep trust in Jesus. In Jesus. So, based on all our convictions, based on all our heritage, based on the position what Jesus has us as a church, as a group of people right now, let's go. We will, we will do this series right up to the first Sunday in March where we do our 2021 focus launch. And so that's where we are. What's interesting is that during that COVID season, which we're still in, but in the peak of those times, this is what I think happened, one of the things that happened. I think there was an unmasking that we actually don't know what our tomorrow brings, that we don't know what our future holds. I think that was right in our face. It was very clear. Now, that has always existed, but it seemed like in a fresh way, there was this unmasking of a truth that exists that we don't know what the rest of our day or tomorrow or years look like. We don't even know how many days that we would have. It's pretty depressing, isn't it, to start there? But it's an interesting thought because it sets us up with potentially two options. If we understand that tomorrow is not a given, that we're not entitled to tomorrow, that we have today, 
That either leaves us in a place of fear, and I think that's a default position. And you know what? The Bible's really clear. Do not be afraid. So, so we have a choice. We can live in fear or we can live with a deep trust in Jesus. Now, the first, the first thing that happens is that your starting point is fear, probably. But as we engage with God, we're led to a point of deep trust. Not even just a little bit, not shallow, a deep trust that can stand anything, that can stand life, it can stand death and everything in between. And you and I can be leaders in that. We can go in all the places God has for us with this deep trust in who we are. That actually changes the culture of every place that you're in. It changes your home. It changes your workplace. It changes everything. And we have an opportunity, like Candace said, with gratitude and trust to embrace the day, to embrace what we have and to choose not to live in fear, but to choose to live with a very deep trust. How are you going so far? How's, how's your radar of where would you be between fear and trust? And some, some of us would have a disposition that would keep us in fear for a lot of the time and that can be really depressing. But God wants to lead us out of that. God wants to lead his church into a point of deep trust. You've heard me use this before. It's a great, a couple of classic verses. How's this one? Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. So we have a choice. You can let your heart be troubled, understanding, man, I don't know what's going to happen in this world. Anything could happen. It's pretty crazy. Or we can go, actually, I'm going to choose not to let my heart be troubled and I'm going to trust in God. I love the Amplified version. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled, afraid or cowardly. Believe confidently in God and trust in him. Have faith, hold on to it, rely on it. Keep going and believe also in me, which is Jesus talking. We have this call to be people of deep trust. We have a call to go on mission with Jesus with a deep trust, not with fear in any way. You've probably known that verse if you've been around a little while. You'll know this one as well. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. In fact, I'm sure many of you haven't memorised. My question is, do we live it? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. How much? All. all. Absolutely everything of who we are. That's how I want to choose to trust in God. Trust in God with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. You can't work this thing out. You can't work life out. You can't work out a broken world. You can't answer the questions, why does bad things happen to good people? We can't work all that stuff out, but we can trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. I love the message. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice. That's how you trust. That's how you have deep trust. We listen for God's voice when? In everything we do. Everywhere you go. And he's the one who will keep you on track. So you and I have a choice. We have a choice how we live. And a choice that Jesus invites us into is a life with an extremely deep trust, grounded in Jesus. What does it look like for you? Is that how you go? Is that what's in your thoughts? Is that in your communication? Is that in your nonverbal communication? Or is it fear? Every day is a gift that God's given you. Today is a gift. Let's embrace it. 
If we have tomorrow, let's embrace it. If we have the next 10, 20, 30, 40, some of you might have another 100 years left. Let's embrace it. Jack does. Where's Jack? Right there. We can thank Jack. He lives with this attitude. Jack was hanging for the time we don't have to wear masks. And so he was here last week, here this week, with an attitude, it is so good to be here. What an attitude to have in every day. Gratitude, deep trust. I want to explore today, what does it look like to live a life of trust? Especially when you can't even see a way forward. There'd be many of you right now that might have things in life and you go, I can't see a way forward. God, what are you doing? I can't see it. You can still have deep trust and confident in belief that God will lead you day by day. And at the right time, he will lead you on a path that is right in line with where he wants you to be. Abraham. So I tell you what, if you have not read the story of Abraham, maybe you're online and this is fairly new to you, go back to the Old Testament in Genesis, read his story. Do you remember his story? Abraham could not see a way forward. He was 75 years old. Anyone 75 today? Can I? Raymond, 75 years old. So when you're 75, Jesus gives you a promise and goes, Raymond, you're going to have a massive family, mate. It's going to be so big, it's going to be more than the stars in the sky. I haven't got any kids yet, but it's going to be that big. At 75. 25 years later, when he was 100, that promise was fulfilled. 25 years. So here's Abraham. He trusted God deeply. And then you know his story. Isaac was born and then he was called to sacrifice his only son. And he trusted God in that. Didn't follow through with that because God made a way and had a different plan. But he trusted God deeply. Check this out in Romans. It talks about, it talks about Abraham. It says this. We call Abraham father. Not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham, what? When he was what? A nobody. God has this amazing habit of making something out of nobodies. Have you noticed that? You think you're not qualified, you can't do stuff, who am I to be doing whatever God's want me to God can actually use you powerfully. And we are part of this promise that he gave Abraham. Abraham, when he was an over, isn't that what we've always read in Scripture? It goes on. Abraham was first named father and he became a father. Why? Because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do. That's our Christian heritage. Your Christian heritage as a follower of Jesus is, comes, goes right back to there. He's the father of a multitude of people, a multitude of nations. That's part of your heritage. So if you're a Christ follower, part of your heritage is deep trust. That's the way. It's within you. You can use it. You can choose it. You can take it deeper. You can let God's spirit mold that within you as a way that you live. I love it how it ends. You're going to have a big family, Abraham. What kind of spiritual family could we have, could you have, if you chose to live with a deep trust? If we're going to let's go on mission with Jesus in all the places he's called us to go and we had a deep trust, what kind of big spiritual family could come out of that? Just even think about your home for a moment or your extended family. Imagine if there was a wave of God all because you chose deep trust 
and somehow you saw God do only what he could do, but he did it through you. And you saw people after people after people in your family come into faith. What could that look like after generations? Can you see it? Do you have faith for it? It can happen. You can't do it, but God can. He wants to use you in the process. Deep trust to work through your life. You know, it was a, probably three years ago, four years ago maybe, I was on one of our retreats and I felt God really speak into my life saying, Kev, I want you to have deep trust and take courageous steps. And it was one of those times when you hear God speak into your world and you go, I've got to pay attention to that. And slowly and slowly and slowly, I've been doing that. It's a slow journey, but it's a deep journey. And I believe God wants us as a community of people to be people that have deep trust and take courageous steps. We've got to be up for it. We've got to choose it. If we're serious about partnering with the mission of Jesus, it's going to take deep trust and courageous steps. And we're empowered for it. You're empowered for it. It's part of your heritage and God's spirit in you empowers you for that. Ephesians 3, check this out. Paul says, when we trust in him, we're free to say whatever needs to be said and bold to go wherever we need to go. If you get a prompt on your heart to speak, if you get a prompt on your heart to go, if you get a prompt on your heart to do something that you feel God's calling you to do, you've got everything that you need. But it will take a posture of deep trust and courageous steps. You know what's interesting? I think there's potential different ways we can think about trust. And some of that is we can have trust for your own life in all the stuff that's going on in your, in your life and say, God, I want to trust you in that and that's important and we need to do that. And then we can almost have this trust in, in mission and go, yeah, God, I'm going to trust you in mission. The, the problem is we've kind of separated that, but we need a fusion of the two. We need to have life and mission together. It's one thing. Your life, my life, is actually a life on mission with God. It's the two, as one. And I think sometimes we can read a proverb like that and go, God, I really want to trust you with my life, and we need to. But if we think that mission with God and trusting him in that is a bolt-on, that's not the right way to think about that. Your life with Jesus is actually on mission in his world. But we do it with deep trust and we do it with courage. If you've been around just for a little while, if you were here at our partnership evening on Wednesday, you would have heard us talk about the mission model we have, which is follow, gather, go. If you haven't heard that before, three simple words. It describes what we do. We have a mission statement, but then our model, our strategy is we follow Jesus personally, we gather together as the church, and then we go in all the places God has us. And most of them, you're already there. You already have go places. You've heard me say that. You know what? I wish, I wish that I had a spiritual megaphone, you know, those real things, and just actually somehow in a spiritual way put a spiritual call out for everybody to follow Jesus personally and engage with him daily in very intimate ways. Now, I know many of you do that, but also know this. 
the last thing the enemy wants you to do is to follow Jesus personally. Last thing he wants you to do. He'll put every distraction in your way. He'll put any excuse on your mind. He will make you as busy as he needs to, to make you busy. We, I, just, I just haven't got time to do that. Always kind of, I haven't done that for a while. If that describes you, welcome to the club. It happens, right? Let's get over that. But let's just put a line in the sand and go, you know what? From right now, I choose to actually follow Jesus personally, engage with him daily in all kinds of, whatever it is. Now, it doesn't mean you just, they're not asking you to be a monk. You don't sit on top of a mountain and just think about Jesus all day. But we do have practices that engage us with the truth of Jesus that allows us to have these core beliefs about who we are and who he is. And there's so many simple practices and it doesn't take long to do that, but just regularly. Can I just, for anyone that's feeling lucky, I want to do that. Not I need or I should, I want to. Can I encourage you actually today, right now, make a decision to go, I choose to do that and be very active today in what that looks like tomorrow. Like, let's start our days well in whatever way where we personally engage with Jesus. That will develop deep trust for you. There's no doubt about that. Because then we can gather together as a group of people. We can gather together as a church, not to come to church, because you are the church. We gather together, and we gather together from a place where we've been active in our fellowship so that we can gather to encourage and inspire people and create an atmosphere and just be the church together and celebrate being the church, celebrate being a family. But you know what? To do this, I don't know if you've picked up on this, what we're saying in this new model is that we as the church, you and me, that together, all anyone who calls Coast Community home, we will host what happens on a Sunday. That we will host that. There's plenty of us. It's like a big family gathering. We will be active in making that happen, in everything. You might have heard there's team changes where it looks different. We've created some vacuums where we're not investing in Sundays. We're investing in our go spaces predominantly. So therefore, we will host that. You know what? We actually are going to need a whole bunch of people doing great things with our kids on a Sunday. That, that's our responsibility to host that. We're going to need people in every, every kind of way to host gatherings well. Kids, hospitality, worship, tech, whatever it is, food. We can do that. Now again, if you're going to go, I want to step into a kids space and hang out with kids and create a discipleship environment, that's going to take some deep trust and maybe a courageous step for some of you. But I just want you to understand that the model we have is, is different. It's a shorter period of time. It's not necessarily a program-based thing. We want to create environments based on what's spoken about in here for our kids. And you and I can do that. We can do all that kind of stuff. And so we gather in all kinds of ways, we host that so that we can go. Your life, my life, is a life on mission, but it's a life that we're called to have deep trust. Deep trust and courageous steps. To go places with trust and courage. To feel like we're sent. You know, when Jesus sent disciples out, he just sent them out. He says, don't take anything with you. Just go. 
one of Andrew's messages, he referred to a, a message paraphrase that says, you are the equipment. We've got everything we need to go, but not in our own strength, in God's strength. See, God already has you in so many places. He'll call you into other places. And up there you can see a bunch like there's things like your home is the primary place where God wants to work through you. And home looks different for every person, but you can have a massive influence for God in your home. There's lots of places. Home churches, we're going to see a whole bunch of them birth. What happens in our facilities midweek? There's lots of places where you work, where you volunteer. You might be able to set up a microchurch, just a little gathering maybe in a, in a workplace or a, or a nursing home or a place, any kinds of places. Let's have deep trust and courageous strength. But check this out in Romans. I like it where it says, those who, they, those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle but never get around to exercising it in real life. Those who trust God's action in them find that God's spirit is in them, living and breathing God. My hope is that you and I are so intentional in our fellowship and then we gather together as a church and we get encouraged to actually go and understand that in God's strength with his spirit working in us, there's no greater adventure than you sense that God's working through you. And he is doing that already and he wants to do it more. And if we, we raise our awareness of people in our world that maybe don't have a faith yet and actually have deep trust and courage to have a conversation when you feel prompted, God will work powerfully. He'll work powerfully through you. But he'll do it. I like this when Jesus, Jesus looked hard at them and said, this is when that story when people are going, man, how are people going to be saved? Like, how's this rich guy going to be saved? We've got people all around us that go, how are they going to be saved? And Jesus going, no chance at all if you think you can pull it off yourself. Every chance in the world if you trust God to do it. For us to be aware, and actually, we're actually going to go, and my life is a missional life, yours is as well, and we're not going to be weird, we're not going to be awkward, we're not going to try and convert people on the spot, we're not going to do any of that, you're just going to be you. But when you're prompted, there's a deep trust, because you've already practiced it, worked on it, and understand who Jesus is. And there's a little bit of courage when you feel prompted just to have a faith conversation and you watch what God does through you. Have you noticed how many people attend a gathering on a Sunday that don't have a faith? How many do you reckon? How many, how many I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up. How many people here today don't have a faith in Jesus. What would be your guess? 2%, yeah, maybe at best. How many people in your world midweek that you connect with in some form don't have a faith? 95%. What do we do with that? See, we've flipped some things on the head a bit where previously I have put so much emphasis on what happens here on a Sunday and we need to, it's really important. But I don't think that's where we're going to see people come to faith. We will. And this is a place where anyone can come and you can invite people and be part of it. But how much 
more effective to be intentional maybe in the 95%, you're probably right, Paula. In the 95% of people in your world right now that don't have a faith and are depending on you to have deep trust and take courageous steps and be brave enough to have a faith conversation and you trust God with it. You just open your heart a little bit and you let people in. Sometimes I'm good at that and sometimes I'm not good at that. I want to grow in trusting God in those kind of faith conversations. What about you? Because that's what I believe we're called to do. To go. And to go with deep trust. It's interesting when, like even speaking about that now, and I will wrap up soon, I promise you, we can go, yeah, okay, well, I can go, I can go in deep trust. And then to ask the question, well, trust in what? How would you answer that? Yeah, okay, I can go in, I can go in deep, deep trust and I can go and uh, trust in Jesus, trust in God. What does trust look like? Like if you go, I want to go in trust. I feel like God's compelling me to do that and I want to do that and I want to trust him in that. And we do it with gentleness and respect and you get what I'm saying. But trust in what? What are your beliefs about God? What are your beliefs about Jesus? What are, you, what are your beliefs about what you believe he's doing in his world? When, when I just thought about that, I thought I was going to give you a 21-point message and I'm going to to round it up at the end. These were just 21 points when I just said, well, trust in what? This is what come out. And it come out just like that. So it's raw. It's probably not correct as far as grammar, but that's not what you're picking up on. You're picking up on deep trust in what? This is what I believe that we can have trust in. We can trust that Jesus is God. We can trust that he has given his life as a sacrifice for the givers of sins of the world. We can, you can trust your salvation. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. You can trust that your identity in Jesus as a child of God is rock solid. You can trust that Jesus will provide for you as you make the kingdom of God your primary concern. You can trust that Jesus is building his church. You can trust that the Father is drawing people to himself right now. You can trust that Jesus absolutely loves every person. You can trust that Jesus doesn't want anyone to perish, that Jesus is within you by his spirit always because that's the great commission promise, that Jesus has already been working in people's lives. He has. You can trust that Jesus has gone before you, that Jesus will give you courage because that's the personal ministry of the Holy Spirit. That Jesus will help you to know what to say, when to say and how to say it. Jesus wants to plant seeds and water seeds through you. Jesus isn't working your life. He will work through your life, the harvest is ripe, there are people willing to have faith conversations with a trusted person, which is you, by the way, and some people will respond to the message of Jesus and want to know more, and the ripest people will respond to Jesus and enter the family of God. That's what we can trust in. That's deep trust. It's deep trust. 
What would your life look like? What would my life look like if I trusted that with my whole being? We can go with trust. We can go with a deep trust. We can be the influence that God wants us to be. We can bring leadership to all kinds of different environments because it's a godly leadership. We carry the message of reconciliation, of hope, of love. If I believed that, I'd be having conversations all over the place. And I do, I'm believing that more and more, I'm trusting in that more and more. So what does it look like for you? How can we have deep trust and courageous steps? How do we understand that that my life is about trusting Jesus deeply in all the complexity of life, but to understand that life and mission are together and that I trust Jesus in my life so that I can trust him in mission. They're just one and the same. My hope is that for some today that you'll hear the call to follow and you'll hear it loud and clear like like God's just knocking on your heart going, that's what I want you to do. Not me. You don't follow because I've spoken about it. We follow because we're compelled to do it because Jesus invites us into it with love and grace. And we choose to follow. Because in that, we build core beliefs in our spirit, in our gut, about who Jesus is, who we are, and the mission he has in his world. He's, he's working powerfully, but for some bizarre reason, he chooses people like you and me to partner with him. But it's going to take deep trust and courageous steps. It's interesting, since I've been thinking about this more, my awareness radar has just really increased. And I see lost people everywhere, all around me. And again, we don't want to be weird, we don't want to have pressure on us that we need to convert people. We just want to be us, the most authentic us. And when appropriate, just to have a faith conversation because you have deep trust and because you kind of step over that little line of should I say something or not, I want to encourage you to step over that line and just open a question up. So there's times I get it right and there's times I don't. There's times I chicken out. I think you heard me say the other night, I chickened out. Talking to a lady, lovely lady, she opened up her life. It was late and I was about 10.30 at a club because we were watching Ash perform. And she was just sharing her life with me and Kel. It's a great conversation. She had this whole story of how she's a single mum and she chose to be a lesbian, had IVF and had a son and he was um, gay at year five and she's been living this lost life. It's a great conversation. God loves her completely. And it's funny, it was one of those times when I knew what to say, I just chose not to say it. It's getting late, we knew we had to go. But she had, she had this jewellery on and she had this cross around her neck. And I just knew I, all I wanted to say, I had, I had the words in my mouth, tell me about the cross. But I didn't say it. Now God's bigger than that, he'll put someone else in her path, my prayer. 
But it can be as simple as that. How do we just can connect? How do we find something in common? And it can just be a question that can lead to something beautiful. I love it when someone asks me, oh, it's been a great weekend. What did you get up to on the weekend? I love that question. I try and shape conversation so it's get to, it gets to about weekends. And I just tell them what I did on the weekend. Oh, it's great, you know, I did this on Saturday, it was a chill day, went to the beach or whatever, and Sunday I went to church, and it was great to be able to do that with a great group of people and, you know, and whatever. You know, there's probably, I reckon, 80% of the time, someone will enter a faith conversation just from having a conversation like that. You and I can do that. That's not hard. It's just taken a little step over a line to go, I have deep trust and I can take a courageous step because God's calling you and me to go and to go with deep trust. We can do that. You can do that. I just wondered whether we could stand as I pray because I think there's something about a posture of standing. And again, you, you don't have to. You can do what you like, but I like standing, as Candace said. Can we just stand just to pray into that? Father, I thank you that you're God of love, that you're a God who sees every person that you've created and you see their core identity. Lord, I pray it help us to have eyes like you. Lord, I thank you that we can gather together as your church. What a celebration. What a beautiful body that you're creating and building with just nobodies like us. We pray we'd see so many more nobodies step into your kingdom and your family, God. I pray you give us eyes to see maybe those 95% of people around us that in all of our go places, the people in our homes, workplaces, universities, schools, where we volunteer, supermarkets, clubs. Help us to see as you do. And God, I pray that we could be carriers of deep trust in you and trusting the God that you love people, that you don't want anyone to perish, that you want to see people in your kingdom, that your love and your grace covers a multitude of sin. God, I pray that you would go before us. Lord, even just people we're thinking of now in our relationships. Lord, that you'd go before us. That you'd soften people's hearts. That your spirit would be drawing people to yourself, which I believe you are, God. But Lord, I pray that you would help us just to have that deep trust and courageous steps. Just to step over a line and to have a conversation that's about you. God, we trust you for the outcome. I pray that you'd sow seeds, water seeds, but we acknowledge that you are the one who makes it grow. So God, I pray that your spirit would empower us to be people that follow you well. And in that fellowship, I pray you take us on a journey of deep trust and you'd place courage in us to be your church trust you in all the places you place us, all of those go places. So God, we commit that to you. We pray that we would see more and more and more people step into your family, all for your glory. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Can I hear any amens today? Amen.